Yeah, 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 I get that, I get that, but is we live, though? Is we, like, all the way live, though? You heard? What's good, Wagwan World? What's up with you in 2022? Welcome to it. You know what time it is, man. It's the space where the... My brother wants to say something. Go ahead. Go ahead. Nah, you killed it. You killed it. Keep going. The vulnerable are powerful. And the most gangster thing you could do is serve. And still in 2022, the second most gangster thing you could do is tune in to this right here, the All The Way Live podcast. So happy to be back. What's up? Hey man. hey, man, Brother Miles, happy 22 to you, my guy. I'm getting a little bit of feedback from your end, but happy 22 to you. As always, what we do over here at the All The Way Live podcast is put together a show uh, with the sole intention of being somewhere, a place of positive information, a place where we do a lot of the reading so that people don't have to do the reading, give people some information that they can take with them throughout the day, say something to sound smart at a dinner table, whatever it is, we ponder those questions, we ponder those ideas, and we give it to them in the form of carefully curated content for their cranium. We do it every week. We have so much fun doing the show. And whether it's one person watching, 10 people watching, 10,000 people watching, that doesn't matter to us, man. Everybody's a family. Um, and we're here again, man, 2022, baby. How's it feel? Ah oh, man, it feels good. It feels good. It feels uh I'm optimistic. You know what I mean? I feels like it's gonna be different in a lot of ways. Um, and I'm and I'm ready for that. I'm I don't have no resolutions. I'm gonna just keep on trapping how I've been trapping, but hopefully that continues to be fruitful. I ended this past year just on a super, super grateful note, getting to spend time with family, making it happen, uh, between the vids. Some people caught it. It done caught up with some people. I don't think everybody knows somebody who it done caught up to, but everybody who I know who it done caught uh, is is all right. And so I'm so thankful for that as well. So, uh, yeah, man, ending 2021 on a, on a note of gratitude, as always. And uh, where you at with it, man? How are you feeling? I'm good. I'm good. And I'm glad that you, you even brought up the point of gratitude because we couldn't be more grateful for the people that continuously watch the show, the conversations we have outside. Uh, this is a live show. So, you know, the, the, a piece of the whole, the whole point is to, to get interaction with people, to get the comments and the chats going. So definitely start, drop comments, drop, uh, let us know whatever it is you're thinking. If you want to comment on how we be looking, comment on the content, that don't matter, man. It's just a conversation for family. And definitely the gratitude, Brother Miles, it, it, it comes from being able to have outlets like this. I think, you know, 2021 was a very busy year, right? It was a very difficult year, but it it definitely opened up a lot of space for a lot of space for really understanding what matters most, uh, your health, family, the jobs, a lot of people, a lot of people quit their jobs in 2021, right? A lot of people got fed up with where they were working. A lot of people really realized that they were rather miserable with the way that their life is gone. So, you know, to have gratitude of being able to have spaces of uh, outlets like this, creative outlets is pretty cool. Big facts, big facts. And yeah, I think uh, change is the word, right? Like, and some people brought that change on, you know what I'm saying? Made some choices, looked around at their lives and was like, nah, I need something to change. Um, and for a lot of people that that choice happened to them, right? A lot of people didn't leave their jobs, but lost their jobs, you know, especially at the beginning of the closer to the beginning of the pandemic. 
things have been changing, man. Businesses have struggled to come back. So, but I think, uh, especially as I sat around with the fam, like just like New Year's Eve, bro, like we was just playing board games, right? We, we was like, we wasn't even going to try and go out. We wasn't trying to, you know, like we just, we was like, yo, let's just get together. We was cool with, you know, I got an air fryer for Christmas. So I was messing with, we was just cooking stuff in the air fryer. Which is delicious, by the way, best gift I've gotten in a long time. Uh, and uh, yeah, just like chilling. And as I looked around, it was just like, this is such a change, you know, at, at my late twenties, I thought these would be the last few years that I would be trying to go out, you know, the lounge or whatever, the out, the mm-hmm. watching the ball drop somewhere, you know, but to not be doing that um, and to have, again so much gratitude and to be so appreciative of that space uh i don't know makes me feel older than i expected to be at this age if that makes sense and i don't know if others can relate to that i think what we've gone through over the past year might put people in a position to relate to that you know definitely definitely especially the feeling of christmas not feeling the same as it was the older we grow new year's a lot of people definitely wanted to keep it indoors keep it uh, tight and a, a big fact is, is that COVID is running rampant in the U.S. right now, bro. You guys are just getting hit. This the way they just took South Africans off of restrictions a little bit because, as you, if you can remember, they said that it started by us, but the restrictions have now been reduced because now the wave has passed. So we've been told, and it's just hitting you guys now. Literally, I was on a call and they were saying the whole offices, full offices, are getting are getting hit by this thing. So. Was that the feeling in Chicago where it was everyone hiding from the vid? You know, what's interesting, bro, is that uh, I wish it would. I, that would be a better alternative. Right. What it actually felt like had happened was that people weren't hiding. People were like making plans to be like, yo, I'm going to be out. We're going to do this. We're going to get together here. We're going to go out and do this. And then actually caught it and were like, oh, I have it. Or like, I was exposed. I need to get tested. I have symptoms, yada, yada. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like people were like, nah, let me chill and be safe. I think people were like planning to go out and then it actually like actually got it. It was a lot of that happening. So yeah, you know, we've spoken about it like ad nauseum on this podcast, man, about just how people are sick of going inside. People are sick of wearing masks. Um, and I think, but like I said, everybody who experienced it, I think it was just a mild cold because everybody was vaxxed up and boosted up that I know that got it, most of the people. Um, yeah. So, yeah, man, it's just a new reality. Hey, man, a lot of things happened while we were off. A lot of things happened. We've got a dope show, as always. Um we got a whole, whole, whole bunch of things to talk about. We're going to take a rapid fire situation because I'm excited to hear what you thought of that Spider-Man. You're the biggest Spider-Man fan that I know. Biggest movie to ever, biggest movie to to, to premiere. So they saying top in a billion. Everybody talking about it. Mr. Miles Xavier, if you can allow me to get into the favorite part of our show. Yo, the kids official sliding on the instrumental Nordic combos, twist your mental like forbidden jitsu's my clicks initial. I just want to make it clear real quick that I love that we start every segment of the show by calling it our favorite segment of the show because that's true. We love every segment. We have carefully curated this thing here for y'all, man. This segment right here is the Spider-Man segment. And I appreciate my brother, you know. 
time and his technical difficulties for this particular part because y'all need to focus on me for this part anyway. I was a boy. I was young. I was little, right? I didn't have no heroes. That's not true. I had, you know, my pops was a great hero for me. Uh, and, you know, there was there was there were other people, you know, Malcolm Martin, of course, that were lifted up in my community. But I'm talking about superheroes, right? All across the superhero spectrum. All I saw was white faces. Superman, little S curl Q with his hair thing. I couldn't do that. My hair didn't S curl Q and hang over my forehead. I couldn't be Superman, right? I couldn't be Batman. I wasn't Bruce Wayne with millions and millions of dollars. Thank goodness I had my parents. I would never switch that up. But I couldn't relate to these gentlemen. And then along came superhero that really low-key had the best powers low-key and he did was completely masked up so it was easy for me to put myself in the position of that superhero and be like oh that could be me you know and even peter parker was a more relatable character even as a even as a white man because he lived in new york city which imposes brokenness upon people in such a way that (laughs) is more relatable so i just i just i connected with this character from the jump Spider-Man is my favorite superhero. So like, do you do you follow Spider-Man? Like when did you start? When did you is it like a recent thing? Is it the MCU Marvel thing that like where you started thinking about Spider-Man? When did he enter your my Spideyverse? Yeah, when did, when did he you, enter when, my Spideyverse? No, when did you when did he enter your my my mental state? I don't know. When did you become aware I, of Spider-Man? I definitely speak on behalf of the the casual the casual superhero fan, right? I'm big on superhero movies and i dig them and they dope and i'm loving the fact that we're at the age where the best superhero movies are coming out we're looking at avengers we're looking at uh even the last wonder woman that came out spider-man iron man like this is when we look back at what this movie period was we're gonna be like all right this was a time of action movie heroes and in that way i'm a big fan of that you have a particular love for spider-man and definitely seeing how much you enjoy uh how much you enjoy that you know you you got the mask you got the gloves the whole thing from time the magazines uh i it made me want to get more into it but i can't say that i'm somebody that i've ever bought the comics or read comic books that's that's not me now you so you didn't read comic books as a kid what was your what were you drawn to we're gonna get back to spider-man in a second but what were you drawn like was it cartoons what was your thing books? definitely cartoons Cartoons, PS, and here we we're about to expose we're about to expose the fact that we're old heads apparently, right? Big fact. PS one, PS one dropped. I was the PS one generation. I wasn't a Nintendo generation. I was a PS one generation. So when that dropped, that's 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 what it was all about, you know. Uh, definitely cartoons going into there. But at the same time, even back then, Spider Man was hugely popular. Unlike some of the superheroes we're seeing now, a la your. Uh, Black Panther, at least for the for the for the late for the common fan, right? Black Panther, Iron Man, even Batman, those didn't really pop to late, except Spider Man kept that was always popping from time. Got you, got you. Yeah, what about you though? What's your what's your origin story, Miles Morales? Yeah, I I was bit by the comic book bug by through my pops, man, and my pops passed on not only superhero comic books but also Calvin and Hobbes. Uh, and for anybody who doesn't know, Calvin and Hobbes is a comic about uh, a little boy and his stuffed tiger, which and his tiger is like becomes he imagines his tiger is real. So him and his tiger go on adventures. And it's very like it's like a very uh, like social commentary, but from a very like uh, wholesome lens or maybe not wholesome, but like a like a family oriented lens. But it still kind of gets at 
like creativity and prioritizing mm. creativity over um conformity it's a very it's it's very dope and imaginative and beautifully illustrated uh by bill waterson and so i that i was that was a big part of what was my my dad passed down to me but also was superhero comic books uh and like i said like i was explaining i always gravitated towards spider-man because i could picture myself behind a mask uh and this movie like man this is just this does so much to draw on all we've seen from spider-man in the different uh film iterations man did that work for you it it definitely did and the cool thing i think about and the hallmark of a cool movie is the fact that you can come into there not knowing any history of you you don't have to know any history of the past things that you're the past movies you're walking into step into it and still be able to appreciate it for what it was you know definitely a calvin hobbs fan definitely definitely a big time calvin hobbs fan calvin and hobbs helped me through depression um I didn't know that counted as that would technically count as comic book, right? Big facts, big facts. Yeah, fair enough. Then there's that. Then there's that. So biggest movie ever. Does it live up to your critique as our resident expert fan? Yeah, of course, man. I think I think that this was uh, if you want to even just look at it from the perspective of like an homage to the character, I think that was it was very well done in that regard, right? Um. And then if you want to look at it from the perspective of like what we're doing now with movies where something like, you know, and it's Marvel on Marvel, but like uh, Endgame is like the epitome of what movies can be, right? Not only from a spectacle perspective of like cinematography, but also from like having multiple films build up to this major event that everybody is kind of aware of. And the zeitgeist, like it has penetrated pop culture like super thoroughly. So Spider-Man is a character like on his own that has several movie uh, (laughs) iterations, right? Several attempts at creating this character. And it has enough of its own background information to be like, we can create a similar event. Uh, And I think it accomplished that well too. Uh, And I think there's a lot to get to here. Like it's, it's a very, it's a snapshot of what we're doing with movies. And I very intentionally was like, I don't want to see no trailers. And it was hard to avoid spoilers. It was hard to avoid information about this movie before it came out. I don't know. How much did you end up knowing going into it? I, and I was about to ask you the same thing regarding the hype. What I definitely knew was the hype. I, I went in there with the hype. So as I'm purchasing my ticket, the the ticket, the person handing me the tickets, I asked her, I was like, how's the movie? And very matter of factly, they go, it's amazing. <laughs> like it's it's incredible, you know. Yeah. Um, and that that was the hype around. It was the first time going to a cinema where it was full, right? It was full. It was hard to get seats. People were coming in costumes. People were coming in outfits. So from a pure entertainment perspective, it it and it it kind of hits you a lot later. The movie after you've seen it, you just like that was a really good movie. That was a really good movie, and you keep finding yourself like reflecting back to it a little bit. Um, it was dope, and it's something that I'd definitely like to go see again soon, hopefully. That's dope. That's dope. On the internet yeah. streets. Yeah, you're right. Well, nah, man. Go see if, if With things that we think are dope, we got to spend the cash to go see it out in theaters. If you can do so safely, right? Um, I'm even a bigger proponent of that for black movies. But, like, you know, we should we got to support it, big it up, make sure that they get paid if we really want them to keep making stuff that we like and putting the work into it. And that kind of scares me about this movie a little bit, too, is that I feel like with 
end game with this, we're just going to see more movies and series try and build to something like this. And I, and it's an easy thing to mess up, which is why I kind of went into this. I tried to go in with no expectations because something that movies often do and specifically Spider-Man movies, right. Is they try and like, they, we got, they like, Oh, we got this character. We got this villain and this villain and this villain. It was about eight villains in this movie. I, and that doesn't always go so well, especially for Spider-Man. So I tried to, I tried to keep a low expectation, man. But I, I, I hope this doesn't make like every movie try and be this big hodgepodge of stuff because it ain't always gonna work. This it's always been really that. Well. It's always been that. And has it though? Right, right. It has though. And and, and superhero movies are to blame for it. Superhero movies are a hundred percent to blame for it. We got out of hand when when Avengers started rolling, and then when Thor and Loki started intermixing that Thor Loki period. We definitely got out of hand with it, but it was cool that they were still able to keep it keep it simple. I, it was it was funny how they just accredited everything they couldn't explain the magic. <laughs> They're like, how how does three different timelines necessarily work? It's like, yeah, it's magic, dude. Come on, <laughs> fill in the blanks with magic. You know. Yeah. You said something particularly interesting. You said it's a, a reflection of times today were you saying the spider-man movie is a reflection of times today yeah because like i think i think that tendency we were just talking about of movies to like plan themselves around this being this like not getting it done in one movie right even dune is a perfect example right dune was very clearly a movie that was like part one (laughs) (laughs) a big part one more to come this movie really doesn't even work unless we make another two or three right and i see a lot of movies doing that a lot of like just ending off with random cliffhangers like because we're gonna make more of them and i think it's and and it just speaks to like so there's that right there's this like idea that we always have to build to like this trilogy type you know big uh spectacle ending over more than one movie and then there's also this factor of like yeah let's like bring in all these different like this nostalgia factor like again it worked here it really did for me i liked seeing william defoe as green goblin i liked seeing albert molina as uh doc ock again uh andrew garfield as the old spider-mans yeah jamie fox i liked seeing all those characters but this play on nostalgia is a big part of what we're seeing i think in film and movies now too everything is a remake right everything is leaning like a crutch on something that we already shown that we liked right and if you want to take it to star wars if you want to take it to the remakes of everything jurassic park ghostbusters robocop like terminator everything is stuff from the 80s and 70s that we're rehashing and remaking bro and like you don't know you're circling around one name that you didn't say and ironically Right next to the Spider-Man theater with the Matrix, right? The new Matrix movie right next to it. And that, I think, encapsulates everything we're saying about what we hate about this play on nostalgia, money grabs, large movie, put big names into it. Did you get a chance to see the Matrix? Yeah, I saw that. Uh, do we do we do we want do we do we wanna <laughs> do we want to talk about it does it deserve I, to get discussed that, on this podcast <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't even like take it seriously enough to figure out what was wrong with it i can tell you exactly what was wrong with it hit me it's bad 
<laughs> it's bad, bro. It's but like it's there. Also, in the making of the movie, the crew halfway, um, they they and they cut the movie halfway in production and kind of canned it. Then they had to put it back together with slightly of a different team. Um, the actors were audibly disgruntled about the process, and you know, just in, it was slop. How it was put together was sloppy already as it is, and then the idea is half baked as well. The cool thing about what we saw in the Matrix, the original trilogy, exactly it, it touches on social commentary, right? Very ahead of its time, almost predicting and projecting a future that we live in now. The first three Matrix originals take your your metaverse and blockchain information and put that right next to the codes that Agent Smith is is describing. The conversations between those two are so profound right the oracle neo you're trying to bend the spoon that is impossible you need to understand that you need to bend yourself around the spoon you know like concepts like that which are really dope that was all they did the whole movie i kid you was going there remember when we we said that yeah that was cool that was cool (laughs) the whole movie was just flashback yeah yeah that was cool that was cool (laughs) but but like Hey, dude, and maybe even like there's a whole Warner Brothers lane here, but like the Space Jam movie was that an overdose of that, right? Just like this nostalgia factor. Remember when we made The Matrix? Remember when we made Game of Thrones? Remember when we made Why is all of this in a in a basketball movie with LeBron? I'm not quite sure, right? Like <laughs> it was cool. It was cool. cool. It was cool. It was cool, right? Uh, and yeah, man, it it just speaks to like. I don't know. I think about even the new Blade Runner movie, uh, and I and I think about like are we do are the movies that I really like over the past, even if we extend it to like ten, fifteen years, are they these remakes or are they new original ideas? Right? Like, and 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 even I mean, you can extend it further. A lot of this stuff that I, we do like is based on books, right? But it's just kind of like I want new stories to be told. I think about stuff like The Harder They Fall. I really enjoyed that movie. Right. I think about even stuff like um, Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal. Way left. Dude becomes a, a TV news producer and focuses too much on like gore and like um, if it bleeds, it leads. Like that was like a crazy like left story that I really liked hearing. I mean, even stuff like uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm blanking on some other examples, but like stuff that's not that's not I, I'm connecting more to that stuff than I feel like I'm connecting to these rehashed versions of Terminator and Matrix. you know, the Matrix. It touches on what idea originality is. Funny enough, you say the harder they fall. A lot of people are comparing that to uh, Hateful Eight, uh, saying that it's a it's a cheap washdown of. Uh, a cheap washdown of Western stereotypes, right? It's it's quite predictable in its tempo and its in its storytelling. You can you know the end of the harder they fall from the minute you start watching it, right? And some and there's critique about that, but on the same side, creatively, it's executed quite well from the set to the design to the music to the to the writing idea originality no there is because there's no new idea what actually are we are we looking for nightcrawler is a nightcrawler is a great example though um that's a that's a very good example would we say get out is an original idea 
I, I like your point about nothing is an original idea, but I think with that, you can also say that like, then the bar can at least be, let's not make something uh, like let's, let's be very, at least very specific about what we remake top to bottom in name and characters. And you know what I'm saying? Like, if the, like if there's no new idea, but out of no new idea, we can get three different movies like Django, The Hateful Eight, and uh, The Harder They Fall. I like things about all of those movies, even if you know it's the same tropes, it's the same kind of genre. Like I can I can appreciate somebody taking a new take on the story, the characters in this familiar setting and structure more than I can be like more than I like seeing like, Oh, we remaking alien again. We remaking, you know, and you can go whatever genre we remaking Jason. We remaking Freddie. We remaking, you know, like, ah, I'm just West, yeah. uh, West side story. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, I really dug Hamilton. My G like, that was a story that I had it. That, that was something that was fresh, a new take even on an older story. Right. But like, I don't know, man, I just, I don't know. It it makes me think about the creativity in general, right? Be- and now speaking from my perspective is business creativity, which to me lives in the same realm of any form of art, right? In that space, one can argue that the best way to build something is by mimicking somebody who's already doing it or doing it better and it generally there is no there is no new idea if you look at even the biggest companies they're all companies that do something slightly better than something that came before them tesla that is electric vehicles you know yeah Um, but i would use steve jobs as an example to push back at that right i think what we mm. see in apple without steve jobs is a very a very dull back and forth war in the way you're describing with Android of just, uh, we create this, you create this, right? Features that are controversial, removing the headphone jack, removing, you know, the, the home buttons, like there was a certain elevation when Steve jobs was there and innovation that I think was on a different level than what you're talking about. Right. And I think that that's rare. I don't think that that's how businesses often function to your point, but I think that we can, uh, we can we can recognize and appreciate when there's a different level of innovation going on when there's a di- when when there's a a threshold of a contribution on top of what already exists that deserves a higher level of praise mm, mm. it's right yeah man creativity is a, is a fascinating one we're i consider you a, a, a creative right we do create this show together <laughs> you have been known to drop some some freestyles now and then. Now I'm playing, I'm playing. Um, but all to say, all to ask, where do you find yourself being most inspired to create? What setting invokes creativity out of you? Um, that's a great question, man. Uh, I'll start by saying and kind of maybe like start putting a bow on the spider-man conversation that i really did appreciate this movie and what was great about it was that it had that nostalgia factor it recognized it as a core element of the film but it didn't it didn't 
rely on it so much that it was the only thing that they felt had to be good about the movie. It shows that they also felt the dialogue needed to be good, that the relationships needed to be good, that the the pacing is a little strange, but like there it showed that they devoted a lot of effort into other like the design, the colors, like even incorporating the elements of Christmas and timing the release and connecting it to the MCU. They cared about so much more than just the nostalgia factor. Mm. And I think we see a lot of movies that come out and just like they have that nostalgia factor. They know people used to love watching Jurassic Park. And so they got dinosaurs and that's all they're giving you. Right. I find myself inspired when I see art like that, that does something new and creative. We're going to get to the Nas album a little bit later in the podcast, the Nas album magic. That definitely inspired me. That had me definitely in a car, like rapping to the last 30 seconds of East Instrumental for sure. Uh and so I'm inspired by certainly some of the music that comes out, right? I'm inspired by Isaiah Rashad. We've talked about that album. Uh, I'm inspired by art. You got me a fire, fire. Speaking of speaking of Christmas time, I received an incredible gift, the Basquiat, uh, like... A Basquiat. A de Basquiat. I said the Basquiat. Yeah, you got me Miles, a Basquiat. You guys. Yeah, yeah. I got Miles a Basquiat, so, yo. Multiple, many of them. I think all of them, right? <laughs> <laughs> i think all of them right fire <laughs> you know what i'm saying but i i'm so I, I i'm i'm still drawing inspiration from from art contemporary and and before me um i i derive a fiery inspiration from informing myself about what's going on in the world there's a there's a certain frustration mixed with curiosity mixed with uh like a dedication to like try and still do something while I while I got the energy to uh to make the world better so in that way informing myself about what's going on the positive and the negative inspires me what about you what 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 gets your creative juices going definitely as you said fly art and in referring to fly art in Spider-Man the scene with Doctor Strange on the train where they going through? Where they the the spot? Is it the omni? The mirror was, was dimension. The, yeah. The mirror dimensions, and then they start making the trains move in a certain. They just flex. They love flexing with Doctor Strange. Anytime you see Doctor Strange, they love being like, "Ah, right, you you guys saw you could do CGI. You you like CGI? All right, cool. How about this? Check this out. How you feel? Sure. How you feel about five trains spinning in a circle through the past?" <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, dude. It and and it makes you it like this was definitely a movie that made me feel like a kid again in a lot of ways, right? That not only the connection to Spider-Man, but like looking at some of what they're able to do on a film and believing it in a way that you, you don't often expect to when you know you're looking at CGI. Uh mm. was just a great experience too. Yeah, yeah. Um in in the inspiration thing, man, definitely seeking creativity, being around creative people. Um, having a uh, and a lot in, increasing my appetite for um, curiosity uh, in the books that I read and the content that I that I digest and the people that I, I'm around and you know trying to move away from giving answers and more towards understanding and and looking at things for, with the lens of the opportunity of information that they can hold you know that's very exciting and then trying to trying to execute those things in the art form of business and conversation in this art platform that we have here in, in, in life, you know, try to carry around a, a creative, positive and wondrous uh, air, if you will. 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. That that curiosity, I think, is what is what keeps life interesting, bro. Just like waking up and being like, what can I put myself in touch with? Even like for me, sometimes that's just finding new music. It's like, oh snap. If somebody could create this, what can I go? What can I take this energy that it's giving me and go do with it? You know what I'm saying? Whether mm. that's working out, whether that's whether that's studying, whether that's whatever it is. Um, yeah, man, keep that curiosity. Find out what what moves you, right? Like whatever, whatever that is. And uh, yeah. do something positive with that energy for sure. That a, a real cool recent problem, and you have to be, you have to be, you have to be actionable about it, right? I'm an in, I'm an introverted person, so my comfort zone is to be able to stay indoors, right? Like my my I get more energized by myself, but in spurts, right? So in order to combat that and increase and and work on this creative appetite that I was that I'm talking about. I literally have to write it down on my to-do list to be like, yo, make sure you go outside. Make sure you spend time with people. Make sure you go visit a museum, go to a coffee place. Like, you know, put them as objectives because it does get hard, especially for people that don't like being around other people or prefer to be by themselves. It does get hard to um, still uh, enjoy your time by yourself, but still include other elements that would typically be reserved for just social settings and do them by yourself too. Big facts, big facts. Getting outside of your comfort zone, right. Can be a source of inspiration mm. a lot of times. And it can be on the flip side, right. For people that really love being around people, as you said, the challenge can maybe be, uh, be with yourself, right. You know, um, sit with your thoughts. I know for a lot of people that's hard, you know, some people, a lot of people got to have, noise running like to have i get into that mode a couple times like every once in a while where i just got to keep music running or a podcast or something in my ears the tv on you know reading until i fall asleep and i'm not spending a lot of time just sitting with my thoughts that could be a challenge too you know what i mean so figure out whatever whatever you put makes you uncomfortable and uh dip a toe in that see what that the music the music thing is difficult i don't know i don't know if i can go a day without listening to music man that that one is particularly difficult but I ain't even saying go a day without listening to music. I'm just saying put set aside a time to do to do nothing to not to only interact with your you and your, yourself and your thoughts. Right? You do that, I think, through meditation. Um, I do that a lot of times. Sometimes through like uh, intentional meditation, but often like sometimes I'll just be like, let me take this shower without music on, right? Or let me yeah. fall asleep without the TV on with no lights. Let me make it completely dark. Put my phone down, you know, and go to sleep like that with whatever is on my mind, you know, just to like, you know, we have a lot of ways to distract ourselves. So um, being undistracted, I think is a source of inspiration for sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Hey man, I think we uncovered the Spider-Man part. We uncovered the new year's part. We got some news to get into. We got some current news to be able to get into. Uh, let's do it. news everybody uh, yeah. 
difficulties, man. Come on, it's the first of the year. The, the, the people understand. Listen, jump into the comments. Talk to us. Let us know what's happening. You see us pushing through the first day blues. We're back. This is the office, technically speaking. This Yeah, this is your first day back. Clearly, see, you see, we didn't get into what Zoe got into on Christmas Eve. Clearly, it's still affecting him and his ability to perform on the podcast. But we'll let that go because we encourage, you know, to be frivolous and let yourself go over the holidays. That's okay. This is a very tolerant workplace. This way we just appreciate if you come with your A-game. Yo, boss. Yo, boss, can I let you know something? <laughs> this is office bullying, 100%. And if, and if you know. were in H, if you were in HR, please believe that I definitely would complain. Yeah, I've definitely just harassed you. The uh, the audience, Live Nation is for sure our HR department. So any <laughs> any issues, you can direct directly to the audience and you can work it out with them. Uh, I'll let the audience let me know how I should how I should move appropriately. Speaking of moving appropriately, appropriately, thank you for segueing us into our current news segment. Uh, we have a giant to lift up. Indeed, indeed, we have a giant to lift up, and I'm gonna I'm gonna send you these links to put up on your side. I'm having issues being able to put it load up the the screen share on my end, but uh, Archbishop Desmond Tutu passed Desmond Tutu passed. I said that with an accent. They would they would kill me back home. <laughs> and I looked at and I looked at the statistics too. A lot of people are listening from South Africa, so if I came here and saw my Desmond Tutu, they 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 they'd eat nah, me up, dude. You gotta get it right, Desmond Tutu. Mm-hmm. May soul rest in peace, man. Um, Archbishop, and if we're about to share a news article over here, because part of what we do is read things that you don't want to read, so that you can repeat them to other people and sound smart. But this one is particularly interesting, brother Miles, to me. One because uh, Desmond Tutu was a South African Archbishop, but more importantly, he was integral in the um, peace and reconciliation. Uh, peace and reconciliation and the, the apartheid movement cool we've got some notes over here i'll just read straight from them if you don't mind scrolling up cool 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 the requiem mass for desmond tutu who died at age 90 had lasted for much morning celebrating the life that has inspired tens of millions around the world a final farewell from his compatriots um that's Great. I was hoping we'd get into more of uh, his particular accomplishments, but uh, essentially speaking, playing a, a big role within the transition of South Africa from apartheid regime into now the democracy that we operate with now. For those that don't know, he also coined the term Rainbow Nation, which is a very popular term to describe what South Africa is, implying that the many races that make up the, the many races that make up the, the country of South Africa, you know, we, we do live as one, as a rainbow nation. It's immediately after reading this, you know, it's hard, it's hard not to, it's, it's, hard, it's hard not to think about where South Africa is right now, right? I've, I heard a lot of news outlets saying that this is the last uh, apartheid uh, the, the the last apartheid hero who's passed away. Um, I, I don't particularly agree with that statement. There are, there are many people who played integral roles and are still well and alive today, my father being one of those people. 
uh, in my opinion, and many other people's fathers, matter of fact, and mothers, many other people's fathers and mothers. But the criticism that South Africa's the that the peace and reconciliation process is having is that young people are saying that how that was handled by uh, the parties that were in power was mishandled. That there was an in that there was a inadequate adjustment of opportunity for black South Africans with regards to the power that is being held at the time by the uh by the by the white by the the whites <laughs> if we can make it technical like that and I'm going on a bit of a and I'm going on of a, a, a bit of a process here Teach on, on, on this yeah man it's, it's it's just one of those things where South Africa is in a very particular place right now. Our country is measurably decreasing in regards to what it's... Unemployment is the highest in the world. Um, Energy issues are rampant. We operate... We speak and operate in the places where people are having... are, are, Are bearing the worst of that brunt. And if you ask it to them, there's no help that's getting towards those people. Um, shout out to my cousin Ukatlejo, who recently said there was uh, for three for three weeks there was no lights in her part of Soweto. Took it upon herself to start a group chat, um, essentially taking up a leadership role within that space in order to be able to help Escom understand who didn't have electricity and then help actually push some back into that into that place. So big shout out to her, a young young lady just seeing an opportunity to help. That's where we are, right? And you and you see Desmond Tutu in his casket. It's a very simple casket. It, 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 you know, a very powerful statement to make. He said, I don't want a loud funeral. I identify with the poor. Um, this is my legacy, and I want it to be reflected in my, in my funeral. And here's this man of great legacy who has done so much. Yet the issues that... And, 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 we, and, and we celebrate it, and, and we, you know, celebrate his legacy. And then after that, you go, man, this man has done so much. And you look at the surrounding setting and it's a bit it's a bit saddening at the same time. I think that's yeah, that's a difficult reality to kind of to have to navigate to to reconcile those two things. Um, and I'm sure it was difficult for him. Right. Um, and I, as it is for leaders in general, I think we all I think we all have an idea of what we want, of the impact that we want to have. And I think we don't always we don't always get there in the way that we want to get there. Right. But I think what's what's beautiful or what I try and take as somebody who tries to organize in my own community uh, is is to remember that this I'm not doing this work to see this. I'm doing this work to work myself out of a job. Right. I'm doing this work so that nobody has to do what I do Um, in terms of like violence prevention. I would hope that there's a time when we don't need people to do violence prevention in communities because community itself prevents violence, right? We've elevated our communities in such in that in such a way that that's possible. But I don't always expect to see that, right? I hope that happens, but I, I hope to work myself out of a job. But I, I don't know if it'll happen within my lifetime. I might have to keep on working, right? I might be working my whole life to work myself out of a job, but hope and maybe that's still a job for the next generation, but maybe two or three generations down the line, it'll be different. Right. Yeah. So it, we don't always get to see. And the other thing about the other thing about prevention, the other thing about 
you know, about trying to heal people in a place where people are hurting is that you don't always see the fruits of that in the same way, in the ways that we would expect, right? What is it? I keep and I lean on prevention as an example because that's what I know. But what does it look like when somebody doesn't get shot? Right? Yeah. How do we how do we account for that? How do we how do we learn to appreciate that? You know the the community might not look the way that we want it to look yet. We're still working towards that. But what are the strengths and and why do the strengths exist and who's behind that? And who, and how do we lift up the people that are that are making that bring those strengths to the community and are keeping those strengths in the community alive, right? You spoke to um, Desmond Tutu not being the only right, the last the last survivor of this this movement, uh, and I and I think there's this there's this we're at this point now where a conversation you and I have had many times is like the lack of leadership uh, of of like Front Street. Um, recognizable leadership for black communities. Right. And I think we're in this place where we need to lift up the leadership that exists within community, right. Rather than looking for the next Martin or Malcolm or waiting for them or waiting for that movement to be led. How do we look at the people that are doing the work that have always existed? The people that Malcolm and Martin and Mandela and Desmond Tutu, the people that they leaned on, right. The people that get forgotten when we call somebody like Desmond Tutu, the last survivor, how do he was, he was a part of a community. Right. A community of people that's in mourning right now, but a community that exists. And how do we lift up the people that are part of that community as 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 our heroes, as our leaders, as a collective. Right. Not putting all of that weight on one individual person, but putting that putting that weight on ourselves to be a part of that within our own community and celebrating each other for it. Even even with, as you said, the death of the black the death of the black leader that's that's a, a topic that has been brought up right that's a a common feature and critique of um black move uh, of of um of, of black progressive movements which is that we do tend to appreciate uh fig- figureheads right and the only reason this is a referring to 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 black to to the black movement right now one we're speaking of a black leader and two this is familiar to our um, organizational exposure and but I do think it still applies even outside of that right there's a lot of kids that are doing a lot of work in um, Palestine that are that are putting out a lot about a lot of work about awareness there's people risking their lives in China there's people risking their lives in in uh, in Russia Turkey a whole lot of Zimbabwe there's a whole lot of places right um, and I think we can all share information with regards to how we go about progress and also find similarity in some of our challenges. One of our challenges at this current moment, or one of the critiques and something that has said to be a challenge is that there does lack, to, there is a lack of non-celebrity work focused leaders within the black community. I, I think brother miles, it, if you entertain cool thoughts like open society, right? Open society referring to a the, these these progressive this progressive future society where the power of the average is all is all at work, and the highest that somebody can get above that average is connected to so many different people through the blockchain transactions that they could be doing, or just in terms of. Uh, work flow, work connection, and you know how globalization essentially is now putting us all together in the same room. 
And if you if you subscribe to that, then you realize that all of us have to do the work. It doesn't matter if there's not a single figurehead in front of us, but all of us have to realize that we operate as a single entity. It's the human the human race is a single thing. And it's going to take everybody trying the best that they can do in order for this to be a whole movement. Figurehead or no figurehead, that is always going to be a reality. And the more we can lead with that type of intention, the more we can connect with other people doing the same thing and scale the impact that we have, you know? So that's, that. That's I, I see that critique. Um, I don't know if I, if I fully agree with it. Like, for instance, you talk about Pastor Harris in Chicago, in Southside Chicago, who's doing the work, opening his arms. The first, the first person that a lot of people run to when all of these Chicago headlines happen, right? They 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 go over there to have those types of discussions. Franklin, another an, another person, and I forget his last name now. But when big things happen in a big city, and you the the U.S. is the second biggest city. These are the people that they go to, right? Just because those people don't particularly get the shine, it doesn't mean that we don't have leaders that we know and respect and we lift up. Um, it's if if there is interest in, in if if there is a care about critique, if you can care to critique, then you should be doing some of the work. You become that. Yeah, big facts. You big become facts. that. I think just the idea of like, yeah, that it's our, it's each of our responsibility and just letting go maybe of that idea of like, I don't, I don't think there'll ever be another Michael Jackson, right? I don't think there'll ever be another person that is so easily, like you can point to this person as like, this person is one of like, everybody knows who they are, right? Uh, I think we have, we'll have famous people like that, but there's a, we, we we have too much access and we dig at each other too much, right? I think I don't think that we'll ever have another Malcolm or Martin because I think just the the way that we interact so much through the media and the internet, I don't think it'll allow somebody to become that without picking apart their character, like before they reach what some of these past people were. There's like a myth. There's like a mythological aspect to like some of these old leaders because we just didn't know that that we everything we know came out later we didn't have the whole netflix documentary on malcolm and martin when they were alive right we have so much access to people that i don't know i think we can let go of that idea that it's going to be this one person that we can all believe in and love everything they do that's going to come along nah what are you what are you appreciating about the people that are making your space the way it is right now and what are you doing to contribute yeah yeah again it doesn't have to be a single figurehead it doesn't have to be that's 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 not the reality of how impact happens refer and 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 uh using the using the words of um of uh, of them of the chairman right is that you can kill a revolutionary but you can't kill a revolution right and that's you know that really does encompass like what happens when we all choose to work together the myth is that there is a minimum entry point of 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 doing of of helping somebody is that it doesn't count unless you're doing this it doesn't count unless you have fed 3 million people or, or distributed over 3 3 million meals no like that that's 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 not the case at all right and what we try to do with our organization is continuously show like yo this is how we're doing it first of all how did we how did we feed so many people through corporate partnership 
and through relentless calls. We corporate partnership and relentless calls. When when to a bread factory, knocked on the doors, got turned got turned back three times, went back. We're like, guys, you guys have so much extra bread. We need this bread to give to these kids. Go into the community, find the kids, and then make that happen. There's no magic behind it. There's not like that is that is the contribution that we're putting forward, right? That is our contribution to it. That is that does not mean that's the highest contribution that we can do or that anybody else can do. Neither does that mean that's the minimum entry requirement. It just really starts with what can I do around me? I was talking about my cousin within our community. She just saw an opportunity to help and she took it. You know what I'm saying? And I think once we can use each other as inspiration to be able to... to as as a as as a as inspiration to be able to 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 do this impact thing man i think i think that's when that's when we really started seeing a change like you asked what happens when no one when that that young man in chicago doesn't get shot what happens then what happens when you shine a light to a young lady in alexander township right what happens when she grows up with adequate amount of food support and light like what happens then yeah. And how do we recognize that and, and big that up? You said it perfectly, man. How do we learn to draw inspiration from each other? Right. And how do we strive every day to be somebody that inspires the people around us just by being our best selves? Right. Um, make that our focus. I think that's that's a huge first step. Yeah. Uh, off of 2021, we not to not to cut you, but I got a, a question for you. Off of 2021, we had. The Black Lives Matter movement that happened, right? And it was massive, largest. Uh, it, it was a, a a moment. We had a whole moment. Was that 2021 or 2020? Both. It was both. It was like... Yo, was- those last two years just mashed together, don't they? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And But I take your point, right? Like, what is it? Are, are we asking if it's still a thing? <laughs> no, I guess kind of. It's Black Lives Matter. Do Black Lives still matter, Miles? And also... A lot, I think a lot of people are always wanting what's next, right? Like, okay, cool. Well, in, uh, we did the Black Lives Matter. What's next, you know? And as somebody that's at the front lines like yourself and somebody that is um, integral to the organization of a lot of these things, where would you, where, what, where does your take on the important elements of keeping the work going in 22 look like? I think this applies across every sector you want to apply to, right? Business, stocks, uh, philanthropy, like wherever you want to apply it. What, what the next big thing is already happening right now, somewhere, right? It's already, it's, it's currently happening, right? So go find it. Uh, and it's, it's happening. It's happening near you. I promise you. Uh, and if it's not, guess what? you do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. when, when I think about um, something like black lives matter and, and what the future of the, the struggle for, for black liberation and, and like fair treatment, basic rights in the United States, what it looks like is every, we always have these, these incidents of trauma, right? Collective trauma. 
everybody's hurt. Everybody's outraged. And unfortunately, kind of as we spoke to earlier, right, I don't expect that to be finished within my generation. So I know that there's going to be some other thing that happens that makes us really look at ourselves uh, in the mirror as a collective and not like what we see. And every time that happens, where there are more people that move from kind of paying attention to fully paying attention for that moment. And there are people that have been paying attention that move to actively involved in movements, right? And and these types of things, they, they shuffle people along the spectrum and people go the other way too, right? People get exhausted of hearing about stuff and decide, I'm done caring about that, right? And our privilege is what allows us to do that. But in a lot of ways, these different traumatic incidences that we all experience make activists or out of people that didn't realize they were activists. And as somebody who was swept along in that current over the past decade or so, right. Moving from somebody who was like, I care about black people. I'm down with the struggle brother, you know, to like, Oh, let me, let me translate that into to work. Right. Let me translate that into showing up uh, for my community, seeing how I can get involved to, you know, translating that to making that my full-time job, my full-time occupation. Right. Um, more people like me are being formed in every day just because of the environment and the things that we're facing. Right. Uh, and that's happening all over the world. So you can, that can happen. You can watch all this stuff happen and you can continue to stay in the group of people that sees it and gets enraged and, and doesn't know what to do. And then, you know, kind of chills out and goes back to normal life and sees it happen again and gets enraged. Or you can find out who's the people that are doing that work in the downtime in your space and and rock with them. Somebody's doing that work. Somebody is feeding people. Somebody is keeping people safe. Somebody is addressing mental health. Somebody is addressing uh, equal access and accessibility for the differently abled. Like somebody is doing that. Somebody is doing anti-racism. Somebody's doing anti-sexism. Somebody's doing reproductive health and sexual wellness and healthcare in your area somewhere. I promise you, one of those things, all of those things. Figure out who's doing that in the time between when people don't seem to care as much and rock with them. It's happening. You don't. You don't know, fam. This it takes so little to change someone's life, dude. It could be a sentence. It could be a word. You could expose somebody to an idea. Something as small as telling somebody, "Hey, bro, you care. You you matter. You matter, and you can be what you want. And you you know you your 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 limitations on how great you can become are set upon your ethic towards getting there. Like things like that." can change somebody's life, you know, and even stepping up in big brother, big sister programs. That's a very cool way. Um, one of our mutual friends, Tayo, uh, shout out to him too, for taking up this big brother, big sister role, which is super dope. I, I believe GT is doing the same thing too. And that's, that's mentorship, right? That that's definitely undoubtedly a, for, a form of impact and a form of being able to engage with somebody that can, that, that you can give to without the intention of getting back in order to, to better for getting them a better situation and a better shot at things, man. Uh, and share it, man. We need to share it so that it's cool and it's common. Like the, it, it should be just not, it should be just everybody doing it. 
and we it should be everybody doing it man that's why we got to make this thing look so fly that's why everyone that's doing it if you are helping people it is incumbent on you to make it look as fly as possible so that people can get inspired to do the same thing and helping people can become the new cool that that is the coolest thing that you can do the most gangster thing you can do in fact as my brother says <laughs> is serve big facts big facts and whatever what whatever you're seeking to get out of it whether it's impact whether it's feeling good about yourself whether it's uh feeling good about your community whether it's knowing whether it's not feeling that sense of i don't know what to do when things impact you that you see on the news right you'll find it just serve go out where yeah. people need help and, and put the work in and i i promise you you will what what you want from it will come to you if you put other people first and you serve. Big facts. A hundred percent. A hundred percent, man. Speaking of service, man, we promised these people a review of Nas. You know, this episode is getting a little long in the tooth, but that's okay. That's because we love you. We didn't do one last week. We missed y'all. We got a lot to talk about with our people, man. Let's get it. Let's get it. Got a whole lot to talk about. Yo. Yeah. Um, Zway. Mr. Miles Xavier. Hip hop. I do indeed like it. It's 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 good. The music of hip hop it, it, it slaps, especially when it sounds like this. If you like, if you like music, if you like hip hop, fam. How old were you when one mic drop? Uh. I don't know. Too young to have a mic. I had no mics when Young Mike dropped. I don't know if I could hold a mic. I I didn't have a mic either when 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 Mike one mic dropped. But I still remember it dropping on um, I still remember it dropping on MTV. Um, at then from there, obviously, then going all the way back into, um, Illmatic, um, Mass. I'm a I'm a Nas fan. In fact, funny enough, dude, I, I was into Nas before Jay. You are the one in college that introduced me into Deep Jay Z. Before that, I was a Nas dude. Yeah, and I was definitely listening to this album like, oh shit, <laughs> which horse did I back again? I backed the <laughs> not not this one, but this horse slaps though, <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm I've been a Jay fan from from jump, right? Like even. Like when it was just Illmatic and Reasonable Doubt, it was like those were, or even like to Blueprint and Stillmatic, right? I was always just like, I was connected immediately with Jay. And it wasn't until I got a little bit older and I was looking specifically for hip hop to that was hyper lyrical that I went back to Nas and got an appreciation for him. Um, and I don't know. I don't know what that says about the dynamic between the two. But as I listen to this, I hear I hear an artist who is uh, who had mastered their craft a long time ago, uh, took some time off and is now back in shape in 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 a way that reflects him being the best of this. Like this is one of the best rap albums of the year. And for him to be able to do that. <laughs> Miles, to do that it's the third of January, dude. What? No, but the album dropped what? The the uh <laughs> the album dropped at the end of 2021. Best like album 2022, uh, hands down. <laughs> it was it's, if I'm talking, I think it dropped at the end of last year. So I would I'm putting I'm saying if you compare it to everything that came out last year, it sits high above 
some of the best rap albums, right? Um, mm-hmm. And for him to be able to do that at this point in his, in his career, I think speaks to uh, not only his mastery of a craft, but something that we've been seeing in hip hop is like hip hop can be mature. And I think this is another example of that. A dope one. I love mature hip hop. I love mature hip hop. It's so it's so relatable, man. And the cool thing about what Nas is doing right now, um, and what a lot of also I'd call mature hip hop, because we are entering into mature hip hop. Like mature hip hop is new for us, right? Right now, we're seeing Nas, Jay, Jim Jones, um, Black Thought. Black Thought still out here putting out music. Uh, Busta Rhymes, Busta Rhymes' last album was dumb. You know what I'm saying? Putting out, putting out music. Hip hop is is always said to be a young man's game. But then you see somebody who's veteran, like like who's a who's a veteran like Nas, who has gone through the whole process of the hip of 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 the game, and still able to just dish out just information. Like this is school to us like what Nas talking about is school he's talking about double down on what's working take that cash put it into here make sure that it like that's the dope thing about mature hip-hop man and i think that's the coolest thing for me about this particular album is that outside of how dumb hip boy is going with the production outside of obviously Nas's impeccable writing this man is teaching he is teaching something and i for one am somebody who's definitely taking notes about that Big facts, man. I love I love the the emphasis on like teaching, right? Uh, there's a point to me where I'm listening to an album, especially like it doesn't even have to be hip hop, right? It could be it could be anything depending on how it's put together. But there's a point at which it and maybe this is unfair, right? To even compare these two mediums, but if there's a point at which I'm listening to an album and there's so much emotional and or even social content that it verges into this territory where it feels like it, this could be a book to me. This starts to be compared with uh, information that I've taken in reading, right? And the way that I'm going to sit with it and the way that I want to digest it and the way that I want to retain it. Um, and certainly not all of music does that. But there's this area where I'm listening to an album and I'm and there's an inclination. I love, like you said, teaching where I want to study it. And I wasn't looking for that in this album. Right. I used to expect that from Nas and not that his last couple of projects haven't been good. Right. They've been dope. Uh, like even the 2018, the Nasir album. Good. King's Disease. Good. King's Disease 2. Good. good. Right. Uh, more so the King's Diseases than than the the Kanye produced joint, you know what I mean. But listening to it, still reflected an artist that's in good shape, that knows how to rhyme, that hasn't lost it. But this took on that that dimension where I'm listening to it. I'm like, oh, he's he's back. He's now back competing with any of any of his work now, right? And that's that's incredible. That's the most incredible part of this to me is how much that's how much it caught my ear and made me want to go back to it without me being like, oh, this is Nas. I, mean, I expect that. Last time Nas gave me the same feeling was off of Distant Relatives with uh, the joint album with Damian Marley. Songs like Patience, um, ironic, uh, but so- songs like Patience, right, where Nas is, again, just sitting at a chair and he's just teaching, teaching, teaching. Um, and I love the fact that these men are so successful in their businesses, right? And they're, they're so successful in their endeavors. Nas is a venture capitalist, venture capitalist, 
properties, uh, own record label, independent, a, a very multifaceted business business person. And so anytime somebody of that type of stature gets up behind the mic, it's it's always extremely informative, right? Very specific, specific instructions are are hidden inside of those code words. And then you put on top Hip Boy coming into his form, put on top what sounds like some of the best, some of the best hip hip boy beats that that you've heard, and it it sounds like the it sounds like Nas is speaking for the beat, if that makes sense. Yeah, man, I think I love going to the instrumentals on this. I love that they are super hip hop, right? I love that they they have a jazzy feel to them, they have a mature feel to them, but it is there's no mistaking that this could be with anybody who's rapping now right like this 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 slaps and i'll put this up next to whoever makes the music that you ride around in your car to like and that's important too because something we talked about when we had that conversation about hip-hop and mental health is that hip-hop is a is 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 more than it can't be boxed into any one category or any one set of subject matter you can take that same energy and feeling that you get from bass and snares and that alignment of instrumentation and really give some game on it. Really talk about things that matter on it. Really talk about, uh, just make people think, man, food for thought. Right. And it's so dope to me. Every time we hear you, like, I love, don't get me wrong. I love a great lyrical song over just like a slow boom bap, like beat. But when you can really make something that has energy to it, that's also saying something, I think it demonstrates what hip hop, does why hip-hop is as prolific as it is um and why again ironically hip-hop won't ever die nice huh can't believe you said that (laughs) and and he has an interlude he has a a uh, interlude on the track where soldier boy and they were talking about you know really killed hip-hop it was nice but when somebody puts out music like this, you can understand their frustration and where they're speaking from, right? It's somebody who's deeply pained at the state of the art form that he is very passionate about. And even if it's not hip hop is dead per se, it's like hip hop is dead to me. Like, you know, I think that was the message that was lost in the hip hop is dead movement. And of course, because of somebody of Nas's stature, what is argued as one of the best rappers ever, to say something like that is, is extremely profound, right? It is, is extremely, um, it's meaningful and the, and the culture is going to take to it and the culture is going to dissect it and the culture is going to hold you to it. Um, but then when you've proven a, a, a record of intentionally wanting to further the craft and to further what people can do in terms of the, the information that can put behind the music, in terms of the purpose of the music, artistic arrangements of sound, placement of uh, uh placements of content it's, it's it's this you can understand why somebody who makes something like this is justified to say something like hip-hop is dead and have a critique that's worth that's definitely worth considering so some of my favorite songs off of this album um speechless meet joe back hollywood gangster the truth um that's that's almost half of it's almost half of, of the of the whole thing and I liked the other half of the album, Ugly, <laughs> 40 to 16 building, <laughs> Wave Gods. I think we've covered the whole thing. No, it's, it's, it's great, man. That's, that's, it has replay value. I've listened to this four or five times 
like not just for the podcast, not just to review it, just because it's a vibe. Um, this is a this is a four out of five for me. Uh, interestingly, he said this is this is this is some light that King's Disease Three is coming. Uh, but this is this is better to me than King's Disease One or Two. So, uh, I would I would take Magic Part Two as well, Mister Nasir yeah. Jones. Um, this is fire, and I hope what. I hope we continue to get uh mature hip hop, man. I hope we I hope I hope like you said, he's somebody that pushes the culture forward. I hope the culture responds. Uh I hope that we get an angry Jay-Z album out of this. Yes. Uh I hope that Black Thought makes an album out of this. I hope that Wale makes puts himself in this conversation somehow and makes another album because mm-hmm. why not? You know what I'm saying? Uh I think if Nas is doing this, then it's a reminder to everybody that being older is not an excuse not to make fire music. Uh, and I hope that some of my favorite artists as an old head uh, hear that message loud and clear. Let's get it. Andre 3000. Yes, sir. Most importantly for my New Year's wish, I do hope that this prayer meets the ears of Kendrick Lamar. And this year can bless us with an album, please. Yeah, I'll take some Kendrick. I'll, I'd have a Kendrick. And we do that, Mr. Miles Xavier, because we know, we know, we know. We know, man. Y'all could be anywhere in the world. We find ourselves in a whole new year. Happy New Year, by the way. And still, yet and still, you find yourself here. We find ourselves graced by your presence, and we appreciate that. That is everything to us. We can't do this thing without you. Can't do it. We would be nothing without nothing you at home and so we appreciate y'all tuning in uh if you are here rocking with the beautiful soulful sounds of chestnut tones that's my brother's way and hazelnut tones that's me mr miles xavier more alice go see spider-man 3 man y'all need to do that man this is a celebration of spider-mans this is a celebration of celebrating this is a celebration of love this is a celebration of how good it feels to be back in this thing for 2022 don't it feel good shout out to the spot of shout out to our soundcloud fans and it feels yeah, great. Sir. Shout out to the Spotify, the YouTube, the the every everybody. Shout out to everybody. If you're at home, if you're on your drive, if you if you're just chilling, we appreciate you. Uh eat something delicious. Uh hug somebody you love like that. Peace. Water. We gone. Hey, we out of here. New new playlist on SoundCloud. <laughs>